Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Digging Deeper podcast, episode number four. We're so glad that y'all joined us. Our goal in this podcast is to just dig a little bit deeper into Sunday's sermon, so that way we might just dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts and talk about how we can apply it. Mm-hmm. I am Chris Brown. I'm the associate pastor here. Uh, I'm Jacob Belding. I'm the connections minister here. And we've got someone different today for our sound. We've got Mr. Mike or Matt, Michael Masterpole. Y'all are going to make me do this. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going, Michael? It's going good. Doing good. Just so all of you know, I was forced to do this. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you want to see more of Michael, you can just you can just let us know. Anyways, we're glad that you're here, Michael. Chime in whenever you want. Feel free. Yeah. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I got something in my throat. <coughs> all right, we're good. So Sunday, uh, Lee preached on courage, mm-hmm. and actually the the title of it was the gift of courage. And uh, this is one of those classic um, uh, three or four point sermons from Scripture. We're going to see that the the passage they use literally lays out all of these points, and it makes it um, nice and neat. And so, so let's just summarize real quick before we get into it. What's going on? But we've got, um, it's called the gift of courage, and it's mainly focused around, um, we live in a world where uh, the the world is kind of trying to infiltrate, not necessarily infiltrate, but kind of like work its own doctrines into Christianity mm-hmm. and kind of mold Christianity into the, the image of the world rather than the image of God. Right. And so kind of the question or, or looking at this passage is, is basically saying, what does Paul have to say to the church at Corinth, because we're in First Corinthians, uh, but more importantly, what can we learn about it as the church today uh, and how we can um, take up courage in this battle? Uh, and so, Lee gives uh, four points to this, and those points are be on your guard, so, so on having courage, so one, be on your guard, two, stand firm in the faith, three, be strong. <clears throat> And four, do everything in love. So, before we get too deep into this, let's just read the passage for today. Uh, The passage is 1 Corinthians 16, (coughs) verses 13 and 14. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. That's it. That's the whole passage. Done. Done. We'll just yeah. go on and end the podcast now. Yeah, it's uh, pretty straightforward. There's right? not much more to say. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of those. Uh, I, I do this sometimes when I preach. Uh, there's sometimes that I have like 15 verses and like cross references and all these things uh, and a, a really big a passage that you're going through. And then sometimes it's just one verse. Yep. Because there's enough in that verse to kind of dig out and, and take chunks in. Yep. Well, it, it, it occurs. I mean, this these verses are at the very end, basically, of his letter, of Paul's mm-hmm. letter to, to the Corinthians. And so it's like, you know, hey, uh, of all the things that, that I've instructed you to do, don't forget these things, right? It's like rapid fire. Be firm, or sorry, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, uh, do these things in love. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, hey, uh, you can easily get lost in the weeds 
uh, let's bring you back. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you guys ought to be doing. Yeah, and so Lee, uh, Pastor Lee took uh, each part of this verse and made a point and dug into it more. Um, now, one thing that you might notice is there's no mention of courage in this uh, in this verse, and that's a translation thing. Yeah. So yours says act like men. Right. Um, uh, your translation uh, may translate to be courageous. Correct. Um, yeah. But in, as far as like the actual Greek wording. Those are interchangeable. Yeah, that's statements. Right. I mean the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Basically, man up, be yeah. a man, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. So, so Lee doesn't dig into that one as a specific point because that's the whole point of the entire sermon. Right, is to be courageous. And so, um, why? I'll ask you a question. Um, why is that an important thing for the church of Corinth to to know to be courageous? So, um, Corinth. As a city in the ancient world, I mean, it was it was a port city. Um, there were uh, there's lots of idol worship uh, going on there, and there's even uh, he even addresses that in the letter. Uh, the issue of uh, of worshiping uh, idols or uh, eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols and and things. This was uh, something that the church there and the people in the church really had to grapple with. Um, and and try to sort of sort out of well is it okay to eat eat meat that was sacrificed to idols is it not when when is it permissible when is it it not and so uh, yeah uh, Corinth was definitely uh, a, a place where uh, it would have been it would have been tough uh, to be a believer in the early church for mm-hmm. sure yeah and uh, one of the things so, so getting into point one because yeah. that's what uh, where, where I'm going. So the point one was be on your guard. Mm-hmm. And all this is kind of in the context of, of Christianity, the church, like just watch out because there's going to be people that come in and try to skew the gospel, try to skew doctrine and things like that. Um, and that was a real big issue in the early church. So Christianity was relatively new. Mm-hmm. It was a fulfillment of Judaism. And so what was ending up happening was you had all these old Jewish customs mm-hmm. and all these old Jewish ways. And when Christianity entered the scene, when Jesus entered the scene and introduced um, Christianity, the fulfillment of Judaism, uh, there was a lot of like Jewish people that was trying to like, no, we're going to keep a lot of these things. And they kind of started to work old Jewish customs into Christianity and say, this is Christianity. So that's like one thing that was kind of infiltrating. Yeah, uh, that, that's one element. But another element is they've, they've lived in that culture for yeah. so long, mm-hmm. the, the culture of Greek and Roman mm-hmm. paganism, that really if the question for them is, how can we function in this society while not, what's the word? Uh, while compromising. not compromising yeah. right on our faith. Yeah, because you know, so so here's here's the scenario. Let's say you've spent the past thirty or forty years of your life living in this Greek pagan society, mm-hmm. and then you become a Christian. Well, it's not overnight that you're going to like just all of a sudden you just know everything, right? right? right. Um, like you, you probably know the basics and the fundamentals of who Jesus is and what he did for you. Um, but there's all this like goofy pagan stuff that now has the chance and the ability to work its way in almost as a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. And of course, they wouldn't, they're not meaning to do this. Right. Um, but uh, it's just easy to bring in this like old junk from our past into our new Christian dynamics, right. and which is 
probably what was going on there. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and it depends which part of First Corinthians we want to look at. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, there was a there was a lot, uh, even different issues, and it wasn't just uh, you know eating meat or not that's been sacrificed to idols. It's uh, you know uh, where is this okay? When it, when is it not okay? Where is it not okay? Um, and I mean, there were issues of uh, sexual immorality uh, in the church as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and those were all things that were a okay for mm-hmm. uh, within the pagan world yeah. within that context. Like, so it's a okay now, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and so, just as much as they need to be on guard, and and Paul uses a lot of like like military language mm-hmm. um, in his uh, in his writings. He's always kind of referring to like the the phrases that they would use in the Roman government, um, and maybe because he hung around, <laughs> he spent so much time in prison yeah. <laughs> around soldiers, he just kind of got you know used to the language they used. But this idea of being on guard is like like you're on guard until you're relieved of your duty, mm-hmm. and and so if you are a Christian, if you are in the church, you are to be on guard, um, making sure that none of this goofy, silly stuff starts to work its way into it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so so question that I would have. Is um, they had to worry about these pagan weird rituals working its way into Christianity. What are some things that we have to worry about infiltrating Christianity today? Uh, anything and everything that has to do with the culture, with mm-hmm. modern culture uh, today, or even a postmodern culture. So, I think one of the uh, one of the things that uh, very very easily seeps in is the idea, the postmodern idea of uh, it's, you know, whatever I think about, it could even be like in a Bible study, a particular passage about something. Well, this speaks to me this way. And, you know, if it's, if that's in line with the text, then great. Uh, But if we're, if we're ripping verses out of context and, you know, hey, I'm going to take this one verse and I'm going to run with it because that's how I read it. That's, that's sort of my truth. Um, and yeah, uh, we can definitely run into problems. Uh, and we've got that. a word for that. Do you know what the word is? What's that? Eisegesis. Yes. yes. Okay, thank you. Yep. Yeah, so, so there's two words when interpreting Scripture. So there's exegesis, which is basically saying, um, what is the intent of this passage, and how can I pull the intent of the passage out of there? So it's basically, I'm not going in with any preconceived notions. Right. I'm going in seeking out... What does this passage say? Right. Got to pull out the meaning of the text yeah, from the text. That's exegesis. Eisegesis is I'm going to read my own view into the text. Right. So uh, basically you can say, let's say you have a view of, you know, I, I want drugs to be okay. So I'm going to go look through the scripture. In the scriptures. Try to fit my agenda right. on that. Uh, and I will pull this verse and this verse and this verse and this verse all out of context and then put together a systematic saying, look, look, it, it says this, right? My favorite one on that one, uh, not to totally side rail us, but mm-hmm. uh, there's the argument, well, you know, uh, God, he made all of the plants. And so uh, why should, uh, for example, smoking marijuana be bad? Because God mm-hmm. made it. So, you know, and as James says, if God made it, it's good, right? <laughs> to right. Paraphrase something like that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, God certainly wouldn't outlaw any sort of a plant, right? Mm-hmm. And then the response is, that's like one of the first things that God did was outlaw <laughs> them eating from the fruit uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's literally... <laughs> Stay in line with the text. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. So, basically, Ice Jesus is taking your own view 
and coming to the Bible with an agenda to read your own um, interpretation onto it, I, or exegesis is, let's see what the Bible says about this, right? right? Correct. And so, yeah, it's super easy in today's world um, uh, to, to have all of these cultural thoughts mm-hmm. of like, um, love means I affirm. Right. What's going on? Um, or um, what's some other stuff? Um, you know, uh, all paths lead to heaven. Right. Right. Or um, no one's wrong. Um, basically, you can take any cultural thing and then find a way to then hoist it onto God oh, and yeah. onto Christianity. Yeah. Um, and at best, they'll use scripture like out of context to support that at worst they'll just throw scripture out the door oh yeah right Um, shamelessly so yeah yeah and they'll just say like uh, actually I saw a post this past week on Facebook where someone was saying um, essentially that they're against all organized religion like they're trying to like work on their relationship with God absent organized religion and and like, if I was reading between the lines on that, basically what they mean is like the church. The church yeah. is just done. They 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 don't care about the church. Um, they're all about uh, just their relationship with God alone. Problem is, that's not what scripture. It goes says. completely against scripture, right? And you know, of course, of course, the church has its flaws. Yeah, of course, the church isn't perfect because the church is made up of imperfect people. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That doesn't give you an excuse to just throw the church out the window. I would say, arguably, the first um, century church had more problems. First, second century church had more problems than the current church does today, or at least like the same amount of problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look in Acts, um, so they formed the church in Acts two, and by Acts seven, they're already discriminating against widows. Yep. Right, and so it's like didn't take very long. Yeah, I think it's easy to like. Um, have this uh, glorified view of the early church. It's like, oh, they were perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, in Corinthians, he was sleeping with his stepmom, right? <laughs> and everyone was celebrating him right. for it. And so, yeah. um, you know, the church has always had problems, and we never see in the scripture where Paul or any of the other disciples say, yeah, we should just abandon the church. Right. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on, on this. Uh, on this idea of being on your guard or, or being watchful, um, I looked, uh, I went and looked, so my translation says, uh, be watchful. And so... Yeah, mine says, be alert. Okay. It's the same sense, mm-hmm. but um, I went and looked, and there are 68 occurrences of watch or to be watchful in the Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament, which it seems like this is a, a pretty consistent uh, theme or uh, even command mm-hmm. given throughout Scripture. So what is it about us, or really, why do we need so many reminders to be on our guard and to be watchful? Because yeah, uh, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so there's a reason. So uh, if we were to go back to the, the Roman guards, uh, so we see this with Paul um, whenever the, uh, the earthquake happened mm-hmm. and uh, the, the guard woke up from his... Uh, sleep and saw the the gate was opening went to kill himself because he's like oh, I'm gonna get I'm, killed for yeah, this I'm, I might as well do it myself. Yep. Um, that's a pretty extreme penalty, right? Yeah. It's like and and the whole you know reason behind that penalty is like you are on guard. If you fail at this, your life is on the line. Mm-hmm. 
And they had to make such an extreme penalty because they knew it's so tempting to just not be on guard. Right. It's easier to just go to sleep than to watch through the night. And uh, obviously, we don't have that extreme right. of a penalty. Um, but the stakes are high. But the stakes are high. Uh, it's very much, it's easy to slump and just move into a coasting period mm-hmm. and just not worry about it anymore because that's easier than being on guard because once you're on guard, now you have to, you, you might be a, I've never done security guard before, but I would assume 99% of being a security guard is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And then there's that 1% something happens. But when that 1% happens, you got to be ready. If you're not on guard the other 99% of the time, that 1% of the time, you're going to miss it. And the whole reason you're there is to be on guard for that 1%. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, like, have a lot of discipline and diligence to get through that 99% of, like, tedious. Mm -hmm. So that way, when that 1% happens, boom, you're ready to go. That's right. It's like all the movies where uh, there's an inept security guard uh, during a heist or they figured out classic trope. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the guy, he's over there drinking coffee and eating a jelly donut and reading the newspapers, sports pages or whatever. And meanwhile, uh, in the background, you see on the camera, like guys are sneaking by (laughs) to go pull off whatever Mm -hmm. job it is that that they're going to do. Yeah, it's a like you said, it's a trope. Yeah, um, and it's just it, it's something that we can all identify with because, yeah. you know, if you're supposed to be on guard for eight hours, let's let's call their eight hour shift our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's just again, it's just so easy. Like I'd rather watch TV. Yeah, I'd rather just zone out. Um, and if we were to apply at the church, I'd rather just come in on Sundays and go home. And I'd rather like when I'm at home, do whatever I want to do and just zone out on. Um, being watchful over the the protection of the church and the protection of our children and the protection of our families and the protection of our doctrine. Yeah. It's just easier. Yeah. And even uh, even protection and, and keeping watch over ourselves is mm-hmm. a pretty constant theme in the New Testament. Um, and a lot of the times, or some of the times anyway, being watchful also comes along with the knowledge that Jesus is coming back a second time. And we don't want to be caught off guard mm-hmm. whenever he comes. Yeah, Jesus Jesus even gave that exact yep. parable of uh, the thief will come in mm-hmm. in the middle of the night when you're not ready. That's right. Man, look at that. We are Matthew 24. We are quoting Jesus' parables without even realizing it. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, being on guard. So, here, so here's a question. Um, so being on guard, being watchful, how can we go about doing that? What are the ways, like, are there any practical steps that you can think of that uh, we can actually like do this. So it's like one thing, mm-hmm. yeah, like, hey, yeah, let's be on guard. Yeah, sounds good. What does that mean? Yeah, okay. I'm going to pull Michael into this. Oh, all right. All right, Michael. He's looking at me. He's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael, here's a question. If I was to tell you um, someone's going to break into your house tonight, what would you do first? Well, I got a new dog. His name's Otto. <laughs> He's a wiener dog. And uh, so I would put him at the front door, uh, be ready, scare him off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, for real, uh, I'd stay up all night. I'd, mm. I'd, I'd be on guard. I'd make sure that I had lookouts throughout the house. Landon would be looking out. We'd all be looking out mm-hmm. to protect, you know, the house. Yeah. So I would say probably one of the things you do is, like, evaluate uh, what is what is a vulnerability in my house. Right, so if I have a brick wall, I'm probably going to be less concerned about that brick wall than I am about a window, right? Um, 
We've all seen Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) There's a good chance they're not going to pull a wrecking ball through my through my wall. They're probably going to try to come in through the front door or through a window. And so, so I'm going to focus a little bit more on those. That's where you'll station Landon. Landon, if anyone comes through this window, here's a baseball bat. Take care of them. (laughs) Yeah, and that's one of the things we tell the students all the time is how Satan's game planning for them. And so he knows their weaknesses. He knows where they're going to trip up. He knows the things that it's going to cause them to stumble and fall. And so we tell them all the time, if you're not actively game planning, have a game of defense against what Satan's throwing at you or the world's throwing at you, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. But you need to prepare regularly all the time in prayer through the use of community. Um, And if you're not doing that, you're not utilizing what's around you, what God's given you to help in that defense. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's even what Jesus says in uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's arrested. Is he tells the disciples, "Keep watch and pray, so you don't fall into temptation." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think prayer is, is yeah. an excellent tool for being yeah. on guard. And if we're looking at specifically, let's talk about temptation and mm-hmm. sin. Um. Everyone's got different weak points, right? So there's some people that lust is going to be their weak point, and then there's some people that gossip is going to be their weak point. Other people um, uh, spending money they don't have is going to be their weak point. Others gluttony, others whatever it is. And and so if I'm someone that doesn't struggle with, um, you know, spending money frivolously, then it doesn't make sense for me to spend an overabundance of of um, effort trying to like, prevent that, right? right? I, I need to go to what I'm actually weak at. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I struggle with lust, what I need to do is not place myself in positions. Like that's the effort I need to do is to not place myself in positions to where lust can attack. Right. Um, if I'm uh, struggle with gossip, I need to not go, if I'm a teacher, I need to not go to the break room. Right? Because <laughs> <Yes, laughs> of fact. Yes. Um, and, and so it's like, it's like basically that's one of the, the preventative measures mm-hmm. is like on guard is is um, where am I most weak and where can I set up the most defenses in those weak spots? And then boom, that, that's going to stop a lot of the attacks where I'm not even in the actual battle. Mm-hmm. I've got my defenses preliminarily um, engaging for yeah. me. Yep. Yeah. That's good. So that would that, be the the main thing I would say mm-hmm. on, on, on being on guard, particularly in temptations and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, past that, it would probably be a little bit more of like active, like you're actually in a battle, yeah. um, which would be a little bit different than being on guard because uh, now you're actually you right. know, having to, to deal with whatever's going on mm-hmm. um, in that moment. Uh, but yeah. Uh, probably one of the things, uh, if we were to shift it away from uh, temptation and sin and into more being on guard, like doctrinally mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, I, th- I think things that we've done here has actually been been really helpful in that. Um, do, do you want to dig into that? Do, do you know where I'm going with that? Uh, not sure where you're going. Yeah, yeah so like – um, so. So we we've implemented like our like our new members class and things okay, like yeah. that. Uh, so so like if you know as we grow here and as people come, you know everyone comes from like different areas of life. There's people who um, who come and join who 
didn't grow up in church. Right. Have no in, uh, have no um, uh, background yeah. of church. Yeah. There's some people that maybe just got saved and they have no. Not only do they have no background in church, but they have no background in Christianity at all. And then there's people that uh, maybe grew up for 60 years Catholic, mm-hmm. or maybe grew up um, some other denomination or, or whatnot. Um, and even denominations aside, you could still be in church your whole life, and just these weird doctrines start to creep into. Mm-hmm. Your your mind, and so um, so we've started this membership class that kind of digs into yeah. some of the core doctrines of the church mm-hmm. to kind of like help and state that hey, here's a church, here's what we believe, here here's our <laughs> here's right. our our, uh, our fence right uh, of what we believe, and if you're going to come into fellowship here, here's what we need to agree on, right. here's where we can disagree, yeah, but here's where we need to agree, and that kind of like helps. Um, someone who's new to Christianity, they'll be like, okay, okay, he, here's what we believe about salvation, or here's what, what mm-hmm. we believe about the Trinity or about Jesus. Um, and, uh, and it kind of like heads off some of those, yeah. some of those uh, doctrinal issues. Right, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, you know, having uh, high standards for teachers uh, as well mm-hmm. uh, is another way that we've, uh, we've guarded uh, the church from, from bad doctrine, right? So, um, you know, while... While we're very happy for people uh, to volunteer to be uh, small group leaders, for example, um, you know, are you doctrinally sound? Uh, yep. You know, do you do you have a background in uh, in you know faithfulness uh, mm-hmm. to the gospel and uh, to the things that we believe uh, that Scripture teaches us? Uh, so that's important. So it's not like just anybody gets to you know walk in off the street and say, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach a class," or or even uh, even you know, I want to give a testimony, or I want to you know speak to the church. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's not how this works. Right? <laughs> well, and that's to their own benefit, right? Yeah, but, yeah absolutely. Uh, is it James, the Book of James, that lays out uh, that teachers are held to a higher standard mm-hmm. uh, than others? Because like when you're a teacher, like literally, like you are held accountable not for just what you believe, but for what you're teaching yeah. others to believe. And so, if you got some goofy doctrine. Um, that, that's that's bad enough that you're holding that, but whenever you enter into the realm of a teacher, now you're held responsible for everyone else um, adopting yeah. that what, whatever you're teaching. Right. And so, so yeah, the the scripture is very clear. Like, hey, if you're if you aspire to be a teacher, that's a good thing. Uh-huh. But be careful. Do your homework. <laughs> Do your homework. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you got anything else on that one? Um. No, I think that pretty well pretty well covers it yeah. for the first point. Yeah, so that's the first point. Be on guard. Uh, the second point is stand firm in the faith. Thoughts? Um, so for the, uh, for the Corinthians, uh, we've already talked about uh, some of the issues that they were facing, their sexual immorality uh, in the church. Uh, there's the, the food being sacrificed to idols and whether it's okay to eat it or not, or the, the circumstances, it might be okay and when it's definitely not. Um, and one of the things that um, that we see in 1 Corinthians 5 with, with the, the guy that's sleeping with his uh, mother-in-law is a lot of the other people in the church are like uh, like cheering him on, like mm-hmm. they're, they're affirming him uh, in, in that sin uh, that he ought not to be doing. And so, uh, especially in the, in the context of 1 Corinthians, standing firm in the faith in that situation might be, I see that all these other people are uh, affirming this guy in his, in his faith, in his action even. Um, I think standing firm, an example of that would be 
standing apart from that and saying, no, uh, Mm -hmm. that's not something that's okay uh, to do. Which is where the courageous part comes in. Right. 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 It's like when when 90% of the people are saying, yeah, this is a good thing, and now you're the one in 10 Mm -hmm. that has to say, I don't know, guys. Right. <laughs> um, now, you know, th- there's fear in that because, uh, or potential fear, because what if these nine now turn against me? Yep. Right? Um, which is arguably what we see today uh, in the court of public opinion, mm-hmm. um, uh, which, which we'll, we'll get into. But, but yeah, very much like, like standing firm, even when the crowd around you is going against mm-hmm. that. Um, now, here's the the cool thing, and, and I like the, the terminology of stand firm, is because you can only stand firm if you have something firm to stand on. Right. Right? Uh, so what, as Christians, do we have to stand firm on? We have Christ the solid rock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's a song, I think. There's a song about that <laughs> in a half dozen scriptures. Right. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, Matthew 7, uh, you know, Jesus talk, he gives a parable about, uh, the, the two builders, one man builds his house on the sand, uh, the wind blows, the, the rain comes down, the flood waters rise, and then the house falls down because mm-hmm. uh, even though he may have heard Jesus' words, he's not putting those things into practice mm-hmm. uh, is sort of the point of the parable. The other builder builds his house on the rock. Uh, and so all of those other, same things come against that house, but it stood because it was it had a firm foundation, and that foundation is uh, Christ, and it's uh, his word, and, and this man, uh, he's abiding uh, in Jesus' words and, and actually doing the things that Jesus said to do. Yeah, so you, you kind of answered it, but I might ask you a question. Okay. So so let's um, let's say we have two people. So let's say uh, the, the situation with Corinth where a guy was sleeping with uh, his... Um, his Step dad's mom, right. uh, mom. Yep. or dad, sorry, not dad's mom, his dad's <laughs> wife, so, so stepmother. Oh man, that'd be uh, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's an age gap right there. Um, actually, back then, probably not as much of an age gap, but probably not. This, but just as still, bad. yeah. Um, anyway, so this guy is sleeping with his dad's wife, his stepmom, and uh, and you have everyone affirming this and celebrating this. Uh, and then let's say you're the person that goes against the current and say, hey, guys, this isn't a good thing. Um, and let's say uh, the person who's going against the current says, hey, man, I'm going to stand on Christ. And, man, this isn't a good thing. And then what if the other people say, hey, we're going to stand on Christ. This is a good thing. And so they're both claiming to stand on Christ and like so, on, and on one side you're saying, uh, like I'm standing on Christ, and Christ has called us out of sin. Mm-hmm. And the other side is saying, I'm standing on Christ, and Christ has called us to love. What do you do in that situation? <laughs> uh, you got a scripture. Okay, there we go. Okay, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. what you were looking yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, and, okay. and, and, and you kind of mentioned it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, earlier I said, you know, yeah, we stand on Christ, the solid rock. Yeah. Jesus is the Word of God, yeah. as mm-hmm. uh, as is Scripture. So, yeah, and, uh, and you mentioned that. Yeah, the end. Uh, yeah. I did. I, I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for us, yeah, that's what it means to be in Christ. Is we're conforming our lives uh, to Scripture, right? It's God's Word to us, and so uh, yeah, that's what you have to do, and then engage in exegesis not eisegesis, mm-hmm. demonstrate from the scriptures that, uh, you know, or I guess determine who it is that's actually standing uh, on Christ as the foundation, and then you go from there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, in, in the current day, 
right? And we see this. I like the example that you used. Uh, like, oh, no, we're just, how did you say it? Um, we're standing on Christ because Christ calls us to love or, or something Right, yeah, like that. something to that effect. Yeah, uh, yeah, you hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not outside the realm of possibility to yeah. hear today. Yeah. Um, but uh, the problem is, right, uh, we get all sorts of eisegesis from that, right? Mm-hmm. The the conclusion that's is... It's a very loaded oh, yeah, statement. Yeah, it is. We could spend the yeah. next hour and a half unpacking that. But, um, right, the whole idea is that that group, right, perhaps has come to a conclusion that's not based on Scripture. Mm-hmm. They've come up with this caricature of who Jesus is, and then they're saying, now we're standing on, on yeah. Jesus. But, um, and then at that point... Um, if you've demonstrated that uh, through humility and, and prayer and uh, through Scripture, that yes, you are in fact standing uh, on uh, on Scripture on Christ, uh, and they still won't listen. What do you do next? Right. Yeah. And and that's like the the really important thing because uh, so so God's word itself isn't God. Right. Right. But it's God's word to us mm-hmm. who reveals who God is. Right. And so, without God's word, you don't know who God is. Right. You may know that there's a God out there, mm-hmm. but you have no clue who this God is. And so, that's what kind of mind boggles me when when people lean on God yet throw out God's word mm-hmm. because it's like, who is God? Right. It's like it's like, well, God is love. It's like, but what does that even mean? Right. Um, or God is this, or God is just. And it's like, well, how did you even get that? Mm-hmm. And so, it's it's very much like. Um, God's word isn't God, but you have to lean on God's word to know who God is. Right. Um, because it's his authoritative word to us. Yeah. So, Scripture has authority mm-hmm. because it's God. Because it's from God. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And so, very much like if you're in a, a case, like you said, if you're in a case where both are claiming God, it's like, well, who wins? It's like, well, we'll go to Scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, um, you're claiming uh, you're leaning on Christ because Christ calls us to love. Okay, well, let's go to the Scripture now to def- see what God defines as love. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're saying, uh, if the other side's saying, I'm leaning on Christ and Christ calls us out of our sin, in the same way, go to Scripture and say, okay, where does it say that? And it does say that. I'm yeah. not saying it doesn't. Yeah. But but like like the, the same applies to, to any side of this is like if – if you're going to make a claim about God, you better be able to go to Scripture mm-hmm. and and see where God revealed that that is yep. the case, and and that's where you know whenever we are talking about calling people out of their sin, I'm not making it up. <laughs> um, we, we were talking uh, this Sunday. We were um, uh, with our small group, and we were in um, Philippians four. Um, that's the don't, don't be anxious about mm-hmm. anything, but in everything uh, give thanksgiving to God. Um, and we were talking about the the idea of like people get really weird around the concept of anxiety. And if and if I stand here and say, "Don't be anxious about anything," there'll be a lot of Christians that say, "How dare you tell someone not to be anxious? You go tell like you go to someone with anxiety disorder and tell them not to be anxious." I'm like, I didn't tell anyone not to be anxious. The Bible did, <laughs> right? <laughs> like like Scripture said, "Don't be anxious." I'm just reading I Scripture. Right? I didn't make this up. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not just bringing my own opinions, and you know, God forgive me when I do. Um, but if if I ever we, we've talked about this before when I preach, there's times that I speak very authoritatively, and then there's times that I become a little bit more. Um, uh, a little bit more, not wiggly, but but just a little less like distinct. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm a little bit less distinct, those are the times that I'm like, 
uh, I don't either I'm speaking outside of scripture uh, or I'm speaking in a place that I think the scripture isn't concrete on. Mm-hmm. But if there's times I think the scripture's concrete on something, I'll speak very authoritatively yeah. on it because I'm not speaking of my own authority. I'm speaking on right. the authority of right. God and the His revealed yeah. word. And you and you are really good when you're preaching to make that uh, that very clear. Those distinctions. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've heard you say that from the pulpit uh, more than just a few times. Like, yeah. um, you know, here's here's uh, well, you know what I think that this is getting at, or, or something like that, or bringing in an example yeah. that that fits and things like that. So, yeah, uh, Michael, I got a question for you. Uh, so, with the student ministry, you, you you deal with this a lot. Obviously, the world has changed a lot in the past you know, twenty years, even. Um, so, in this concept of standing firm against the current of the culture. Um, do you see students dealing with that a lot? Oh, all the time. Yeah. So they're they're coming to us thinking that this is biblical or scriptural because other people say that, and we're like, no, that's not the case at mm-hmm. all. And so there's a whole lot of um, getting them on the firm ground and understanding what that is and combating what the world's telling them versus what Jesus tells them. And so yeah, it's it's a, it's an everyday battle. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. yeah. You got any other thoughts on Stanford? Um, uh, no, I think uh, I think we pretty well hit that one too. Yeah, yeah. Our our goal is to keep this under an hour this time. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at, Michael? Thirty six minutes. Oh, no. All right, we're, we're okay. We're, we're okay. <laughs> All right. So those are the first two points so far. To be on your guard to stand firm in the faith. And the third point is to be strong. Uh, Lee uh, talks about uh, strength and um, building strength. And and I think he mentioned something that we can all relate to is that we don't wake up strong, right? Like, like even if we're just talking about physical strength, um, I don't wake up and all of a sudden I can bench press more than I did yesterday. Um, by default, our bodies get weaker, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, to to make our bodies strong in the physical sense, and not just the physical sense, but also the emotional, spiritual uh, sense, um, you have to you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it takes determination and uh, discipline, and and in the same way that we physically work out, we have to work out spiritually to become strong. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, Lee pointed out, Pastor Lee pointed out too that uh, Paul's not saying if you want to be strong, mm-hmm. go for it. Uh, he said, no, it's a it's a command. This is yeah. something that that uh, Paul, and then as an extension, God commands us to do is to be strong. Um, it, which kind of begs a question once again. You know, it sounds good. How can we go about doing that? Well, I think the first thing. Yeah. We've got to buy a workout set. <laughs> and, and let it sit around unless, for years and not ever touch it. <laughs> I've never done that. But, of course, I've lived in smaller homes my whole life. Um, have y'all ever bought workout sets? Or Actually, you know what? <laughs> Me and you got a gym membership that one time. And, uh, tell them how you coerced me into getting a gym membership. Uh, I don't remember. How did I do that? You just told me to. <laughs> uh, it doesn't take much to coerce me. No, so you, I think you had the gym membership, and you were going and working out, and uh, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I should go do that, too. Yeah, and then you actually working out actually made me stop working out because I was working so hard to run 
and I look over at you, and you haven't broke a sweat yet. It's like you've been running for 20 hours, and you didn't break a sweat. And I was like, whatever, I quit. Yeah, so we would normally um, we'd normally go to the gym, and we would do like some, uh, what, what, what do they call it, the, the cardio. We'd do some cardio uh, on the treadmill, and then we'd go do weightlifting. And cardio, man, that's where... It's where I shine. I ran cross country <laughs> and track in high school. And so, you know, it's been years since I ran, but I can just hop on a treadmill and go a couple miles. Um, and I'm usually okay. And, and, uh, and you were like dying, dying. <laughs> but then we got to the work or the, the weightlifting stuff. And that's where you shined compared to me. And, uh, I felt like an idiot uh, at the workout station. Um, you would have like all these weights on it. And then it came time for me and I'm like, let's, Let's lower this quite a bit. <laughs> but we probably did that, what, a month? Maybe. And then we paid for the membership for the next six months or something Couldn't like that. Couldn't quit the gym. Yeah, yeah they, so they make it so hard. Have you ever had a gym membership? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gyms and uh, working out like that uh, does not sound appealing to me at all. Dude, they, like, make, they make it so hard to cancel that membership. Uh, so, like, you, I don't even think you can go to the actual place and cancel it. You have to call a number, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you call the number, and you have to wait on hold for, like, six minutes. Or not six minutes. Like, I just hour. changed banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just canceled the card. <laughs> hey, sometimes, you know. Uh, well, it's one of those things, like, they. so I, I waited on hold and finally talked to someone, and I was like, I was like, I want to cancel this membership. And, like, you know, they gave the pitch. I'm like, you know, like, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You've been a valued customer for a yeah. month now and, and then they ended up transferring me to someone else like okay well actually I can't cancel your membership I have to transfer you over they make it as hard as possible to make sure you keep giving them your money but man I am determined I stood firm in the faith and, <laughs> oh, I, and I, uh, I got that canceled after six months um, so so I think we can all relate to Lee when he because Lee talked about buying a a workout thing and then ended up hanging his clothes on it. Yeah, uh, uh, I've never done that, but I have purchased gym memberships without without using them. Uh, so so I think we can all relate to the aspect of we all want to be strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, like no one wants to be weak, right? Uh, but it is does take work and determination to become strong. Uh, and as you were saying, Paul's using um, directive language, meaning like, hey, this isn't like an option. This is, you know, you are going to be strong. And then kind of harping back on military language, like if you join the military, strength is not an option. Like, like right. you, you have to be strong. Like if you're in a, a battle, if you're in a war, you need strength. Yeah, that's right. right. And the guys yeah. around you need strength. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I went and looked at uh, Colossians uh, chapter 1. I thought shed some shed some light uh, on uh, being strong um, and how we can go about doing that because I think uh, for a lot of us, like, there's definitely a side where, like, yeah, we, we need to be doing things uh, that um, display courage, that really uh, are examples of us being courageous in the faith. Uh, but what do you do if you feel weak? Uh, how can you be strong when you're when you're weak? And so I think uh, this uh, passage in Colossians was helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is Colossians one verses nine through twelve, and so this is uh, it's a letter to the Colossians, and uh, it really starts out like we've heard basically that uh, that you've accepted and uh, the gospel. And so from there, uh, verse nine says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you 
asking that you may be filled with uh, the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing good fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And here it is, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance endurance, and patience with joy, uh, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So here it seems that the the strength, right, that, that's here in Colossians 1, um, we're being strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. So our strength isn't necessarily that comes up sort of, you know, in and of ourselves, but it's all ultimately based on God's power, His might, His strength. Um, and there's been tons of uh, examples. There are tons of examples in the Old Testament and the New Testament where God uses weak men, right, to show His power and His strength. Mm-hmm. So how would one access the strength of God? Um, so uh, or, I guess let me phrase it this way. Yeah. Um, uh, what is given to us by which we can access that strength? Uh, we have the Holy Spirit. Ah, there we go. Okay, yeah. Was, uh, I was like, I was uh, in, in my, uh, I was like, I was fishing a little bit on that. I know, thing. I could yeah. tell. Yeah, uh, yeah. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, if we are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit as we're uh, commanded to be in Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah. If and if we're walking in step with the Spirit, you know, no matter what our circumstances look like, right? If we're keeping in step, then God will supply us with the strength that we need. Uh, for yep. whatever time or whatever circumstances come up. And so, yeah, there's certainly things like, you know, we do have a, a, a part to play, mm-hmm. right? Don't uh, grieve the Holy Spirit. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God supplies yeah. uh, supplies our strength. You know, the, the thing, uh, is, it, is it Philippians? I can't remember where it's like, um, uh, work out your own salvation for his God who works in you. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a part for us to play, and like God has given us everything that we need. Mm-hmm. And now our our job, uh, I think, our job is just gather away, right? Gather away and allow. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but feed the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to shine like the Holy Spirit shines. Right, right, right. And then uh, follow the lead of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. at the same time. So uh, we may be faced with a situation where we ourselves are are weak. We would just rather back down and and not and not fight it or wh- whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that's not the will of the Spirit. Right then, we need to be ready uh, to to really stand in His strength. Yeah, the um, strength that He gives to us. First Timothy or Second Timothy, where it's God did not give us the spirit of fear mm-hmm. or timidity. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so this really digs into like the courageous aspect. Yes. Like like be strong, be courageous. Um, like that casting crown song. Ugh, I'm not a fan of casting crowns. <laughs> hey, uh, casting crowns is awesome. We That's... were made to be courageous. <laughs> Um, are you are you pro casting crowns or I'm pro casting? No, it's two to one. Oh, two to one. Yeah. I'm gonna stand firm in the faith <laughs> against the current. Um, they're just so old, man. Uh, I remember that they were like, I think they were old when I was in high school, and now they're just they were old. But you didn't ask if they were old; you asked if they were good. <laughs> they were good. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, yes. Be strong. Be courageous. Um, and uh, you know, there's the the cliche quote of like, you know. Um, Courage is not the absence of fear, uh, but but standing strong in the presence mm-hmm. of fear. 
Um, and so there's there's lots of things that scare us, right? Heights scare me mm-hmm. very much. Um, getting up on that ladder <laughs> in the, yeah. the sanctuary that twins on the foot ladder. Yeah. Um, uh, but being strong and being courageous isn't dis or isn't getting rid of a fear necessarily, but saying like I'm not owned by that fear. Right. And I'm going to move forward. Right. And being strengthened at the same time. So in history, there have been so many different examples of uh, Christians. Uh, true believers who've been killed, who've been martyred for mm-hmm. their faith, and man, uh, some of the some of the different stories and the accounts are really, frankly, just incredible. The um, the sort of um, well, really, just the strength yeah. uh, that these people. I mean, they're no, they know that they're being led off to die sometimes in very very gruesome ways. Yeah, there's a whole book about the uh, yep. Jesus freaks. Did y'all ever read oh, that? No, I thought you were going with Fox's book, book of Martyrs. <laughs> oh no. Um, there was a, you know, there's that Jesus, who, who sang that song? DC talk. DC talk. So DC talk came out that song, Jesus freak. Oh yeah. Um, Classic. and then they, uh, they like helped, uh, compile a book called Jesus freak. And it was just stories of martyrs. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's just you know, each, each one's a couple pages long, but you just read these accounts mm-hmm. as you're talking about. Um, of these guys who basically are, are being led off to their death mm-hmm. and how they stood firm, how they were uh, being strong, and yeah. even in the, the midst of martyrdom. Right, right. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, the spirit, right, is, is mm-hmm. the answer uh, mm-hmm. for how those guys persevered to the very end. I mean, think of, uh, for example, William Tyndale, uh, who uh, in the 16th century, he, uh, he was uh, the first person to uh, translate the Bible from the original languages into English. And Tyndale, uh, it was uh, the English Bible at this time was outlawed. Uh, if, and if they caught you, uh, you're basically going to be burned at the stake for being a heretic. Hmm. So, uh, but he didn't, uh, he didn't stop. Uh, he, he crossed the English Channel, came to the continent, he's translating, send the, the, the English Bibles to the printing press, and they're smuggling them into England. He finally gets caught. Uh, and rather than you know begging for mercy or, or repenting of his uh, repenting of his sins against uh, the uh, the Roman Catholic Church, um, he goes to his death. And uh, uh, according to to the uh, the accounts and, and tradition and things, his last words are uh, a prayer that God would open up the eyes of the English king uh, to mm-hmm. then allow there to be an English translation of the Bible so everybody mm-hmm. could read it and. Man, I don't know how you do that without being empowered and being strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if we were to translate that to today, um, I, th- I think our, our our current Christian culture in America is both at the same time like uh, like we're quick to say, "Oh, we're being martyred," and at the same time quick to like just co- not not necessarily cower down, but just like 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 scooch away from it as much as we can. And so like, cause we live in a, a, a country of rights. And so like, instead of like standing firm in our martyrdom and say like, yeah, this is who we are and you can do whatever you want to us. And we're going to stand firm. It's how dare you infringe on my rights. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not uh, saying like, don't stand up for your rights, but like, 
man, imagine how that story would be so much different is as he was like at the stake saying like, you can't do this to me. I'm a right. citizen. I and have stuff rights. Like that. I have rights. Like it just, it just loses the power mm-hmm. that's in there um, as opposed to like him like praying for the king and for the advancement of the gospel. Right. Uh, it's just, it just rings way yeah. different than, right. than a lot of times that we see today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so being strong, um, standing firm in fear, uh, or in, in the midst of fear, uh, a lot of times we, we don't have to worry about dying. Today. Right. Like, like none of us are probably going to die for our faith. It, it does happen, yeah. uh, yeah. on occasion, but it's not common. Not common. Um, uh, but there are still things to, that, that causes fear and, and things that we might get persecuted in some way. Whoa. What are some things that we might have to, or th- that we might be afraid of today? Um, how about sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, evangelism? Um, it's you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's really an impossible task. Uh, you know, if you think about it, hey, um, I'm going to try to go and convince somebody of uh, of the truth of the gospel that they should turn their life around and follow Jesus, and it's intimidating, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, man. Uh, there's, we, we run through a list of possibilities in our minds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, am I going to be laughed at? Uh, is there going to be something thrown at me that I don't know how to address? Um, am I just going to be shunned from society? Or am I going to embarrass myself? Right? There's so many things and reasons, I think, that we tend to be fearful of sharing the gospel with people that, that don't believe, that haven't heard or, or simply have refused to believe at that point in their lives. Um, and you know, God calls us to be strong. So uh, how, how do you think we can uh, be strong in sharing the gospel with others? Yeah. Um, so obviously relying on the Spirit and the strength of the Spirit. Um, in our part in that, uh, one of the, the goals or one of the, the, the roles of the Spirit is to remind us everything that God has taught us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, preached on this a f- few months ago of – uh, make sure that you've been taught by God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Holy Spirit can't remind you of what you haven't been taught. Uh, so, so there is an element of preparedness. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think it takes a ton of preparation to be able to evangelize. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to have a basic understanding of the gospel, and then all the apologetic stuff may come up, but but I don't think it's a prerequisite to being able to have those conversations mm-hmm. um, because for the most part, even if people have intellectual um, uh, uh, or... Oppositions to uh, Christianity. Uh, that's not the. That's not the big issue. Right. Um, it's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, so one is just being prepared, and then two, like just. Uh, I like to play out the game of like, what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. So the worst case scenario is they say no, and then you have a panic attack and have a heart attack because of it, and you die. Um, worst case oh scenario God. is always you die. We're being very encouraging right yeah, now. Well, no. no well, I, I, so, I so, so that's the worst case scenario. You die. Right? Right. <laughs> now let's ask ourselves, what's the likelihood right. of that? Um, it's very small. What's a, what's a more likely scenario? <clears throat> a more likely scenario is they're going to be polite and have the conversation with you. Um, a more unlikely scenario, but more likely than dying, is they're just going to say no. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I've been part of those conversations. Um, I was with a friend in Guitar Center, and 
uh, we were uh, looking at guitars, and there's another guy. And my friend just started sharing the gospel with him. And this guy was not having it at all. Uh, he just he shut down real quick mm-hmm. and was basically like, like I, I don't want to talk about this. And it, the room got real awkward for a minute. Um, but then, but then it was fine, right? Life, like, life goes life on. goes on, yeah. um, and now I have a fun story to tell. That's right. Uh, and so it's like uncomfortable situations. We don't like them. Uh, that's why in negotiation, you know, the best thing you can do in negotiation is say what you want and then shut up. Right, and then because uh, people don't like silence, mm-hmm. and so they'll just start whittling the price down because they don't like that you're not talking. Right, right. Um, so we just don't like uncomfortable uh, conversations. But no one's ever died from an uncomfortable conversation. Right. Like we all go home and we're all fine. Yeah, we're not triggered. Yeah, we yeah. Need our safe space. Yeah, and so it's just being okay with um, rejection and knowing that. Um, your job, you kind of mentioned this last week, our job is to not change people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Our job is just to inform them of the gospel. And then from there, that's between them and God. That's right. Uh, and, and that's best case scenario, too, mm-hmm. is that you know we, uh, we declare the gospel to them, and then through the gospel, right, God changes their hearts and changes their lives. And then mm-hmm. we get to be uh, witnesses yeah. of that. Yeah. We get to, to see that transformation take place. And it's, uh, man, how encouraging and powerful uh, is that to know that we get to be a part of something, uh, a, a miracle, mm-hmm. uh, nothing short of a miracle and, yep. and, and God's work in somebody's life. Um, so, yeah, being strong in, in that case and not shrinking away from evangelism, right, has huge benefits mm-hmm. uh, for us, even if it, even if it doesn't go well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But especially if it does. Yeah. And again, we just don't, we don't deal with persecution like uh, like at times the church has in history where like they legitimately could face death for uh, sharing oh, yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and maybe that's why we have a hard time doing it is because like we have such little real opposition mm-hmm. that um, we're just not, we, we haven't, we haven't trained those muscles to be able to face real opposition uh, which is why usually when the church gets shoved underground, the church becomes much stronger mm-hmm. uh, because they are having to uh, uh, develop those muscles mm-hmm. of strength and of standing firm and of being on guard. Um, where in a in a culture which ours is is rather quickly moving away from a Christian culture, mm-hmm. but for the longest time we've been in a Christian culture, and I think that's caused us to um, get a little bit lazy, and our our muscles start to tone down mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. and so it's. We just have a hard time doing these things because we haven't we haven't practiced it. Yeah, um, agreed. And that you know th- that can be applied to a number of other things um, of like being able to stand strong in the in the midst of fear. And you know, in the case of um, you know evangelizing is one, but even in the case of like uh, we we hear this all the time of. Uh, just reaching out to people, mm-hmm. like even within the church. So, like you're in a church, and everyone is Christians in the yeah. church. And so, but just the fact of going up to someone and talking to them, like that, even makes us nervous. There was a girl, uh, Michael, you might remember, in the student ministry, couldn't even order her own food. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's still some of those. Right <laughs> there's now. still some of those. <laughs> it's just the thought of having a conversation with someone terrified them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as Christians, we're called to be hospitable. And so it's like even in the midst of that fear, um, you know, just being strong in the Lord 
and uh, showing the love of God to mm-hmm. other people. Uh, you know, it could be uh, Lee, Lee brought up the Pride Month stuff. Yep. Of like, uh, which I don't know if we have a whole lot of time to to dig into the intricacies of that, um, but uh, we have a culture that is like trying to shove its ideologies mm-hmm. um, down everyone, uh, and when it comes to Christianity, is trying to shove doctrinal changes on mm-hmm. a Christianity of like Jesus is love, therefore, boom, believe this, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, being able to stand strong against that mm-hmm. and to say like like no i'm not i'm not going to concede you trying to change who god is and the doctrine of god um in that um yeah absolutely uh, i loved the video lee showed a video mm-hmm. um oh, did you catch the guy's name uh patrick wooten patrick wooten uh i i really did like that speech they gave um uh i liked uh, it doesn't have much to do with the sermon, but he, he talks a lot about Romans 1. He doesn't ever reference yeah, it. I also made a note, Romans um, 1. And yeah. I thought he said it so well. Um, you know, this idea of uh, um, R- Romans 1 talks about how um, when people want to abandon God and reject God, God is more than happy to let them go off into their own uh, ways. And it actually is a pronouncement of judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him to give them over to yep. their sin. And I thought that that was a, a really good um, description of what we're seeing Absolutely. right now. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, but but for, for today's purposes, um, uh, that's was, just a side. Yeah. A side. Was that a drop for what you're going to preach on? Was that... Ooh, sneak oh, sneak peek. A sneak peek. So, actually, so, so we'll get into point four. And... Um, and that will give us a sneak peek of next week. So, so the first three points are, um, uh, one, be on guard. Uh, two, stand firm in the faith. Three, be strong. And the fourth one is verse 14. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Do everything in love. Um, now, we're not going to belabor this one because for those of you listening, this is going to be a sneak peek of Sunday's sermon. Uh, so if, if you listen to this podcast and you've made this far, you're among the elite <laughs> who get a sneak peek of a Sunday. But um, uh, it's just everything that's encompassed in what we do should be done in love. And, and I think this is a really good um, counter to what was just said, because, again, he's using all this military language. Mm-hmm. And usually when you think of military, you don't think of love, right? No. You think of conquer. Right. Right. And he sums all this up with, okay, be on guard. Stand firm, be strong, act like men, be courageous, but do it in love. Yep. Right. And and I'm I'm pretty sure like you have all the guys in the room. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Love. <laughs> have y'all seen the Mario movie, the new yes. one? Yes. Where like uh, uh, Bowser is like, we're gonna go destroy the kingdom, or yeah. we got the superstar. <laughs> and it's like, and then we're gonna get married in a fairy tale wedding, and they're like. <laughs> Like what? 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 <laughs> it's, I feel like it's kind of one of those things uh, where all the men are on board. Yeah, fight, 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 fight. Do it in love. <sighs> what did he say? <laughs> yeah. What did he say? Um, let's not belabor this yeah. because again, we're we're we're, we're going to talk about this a lot more in depth next week. Yeah. But just in a nutshell, what does it mean to do all this in love? Um, so, uh, a big part of this means to do it. Uh, not uh, for um, 
for our own sake, uh, not to uh, sort of build ourselves up at the expense of, of others. Um, I think in a big way, the, the passage here in 1 Corinthians 16 is, uh, you know, it's uh, defensive uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, stand firm in the faith, be on your guard, uh, be men of courage, be strong. Um, in a lot of ways, these are, these are sort of defensive uh, postures. And so, uh, you know, doing, um, you know, and when you're on the defense, I think it's easy to, uh, it's real easy to become uh, bitter or, or even to lose our courage over time, right? I mean, Lee even mentioned uh, four reasons that we mm-hmm. might lose our courage, and we've kind of talked about some of them. Uh, but uh, when, when that's the case, right, and we tend to want to really push back more and really fight back more, especially when we haven't gotten anywhere uh, in our defense and, and sort of pushing back against those things that uh, we need to be watching out for in ourselves, the church, our families, um, it, you know, we can very easily turn to be nasty. Yeah, and it's so, like the goal is to win, right? not to uh, make, love them. Right. Or, We're not here to make friends. We're here to win, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And, um, yeah, and very clearly Paul says do it in love, mm-hmm. which has to then – in some ways, change our tactics. Yeah, and it shifts the the focus. So, mm-hmm. anytime I have to have like a hard conversation, um, usually my nervousness of going into the conversation has to do with my perception of why I'm going into mm-hmm. the conversation. And so, if I'm going into the conversation to tell them what they did wrong, how they need to be better, blah blah blah, um, then now I, I get like nervous about the conversation because how they're going to respond. It's going to be contentious, yes. and it's it's not going to be um, a fun conversation. But if my mindset going in is how can I love this person well, um, and that and in loving them well, it might mean some correction. <laughs> Uh, but the goal is to love them well and to be cooperative and work together for a solution. Right. Now, I mean, it's still going to be a hard conversation, but I, I feel better about the conversation because I know that my intent isn't to attack them. My right. intent is to love them right. through it. Uh, and so, yeah, and I think that's where he, he mentioned Jesus disagreed all the time. Oh, yeah. so, so this isn't saying abandon everything that we just talked about, right. be on guard, stand firm, be strong, be courageous. Um, it's not saying abandon all that. It's saying like hold all that true, yes. um, but have the mindset of love yeah. as you do it. Here's how you do it. Do yeah. it in love. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Be courageous, but do it in love. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to go much more into that uh, next week. So so we'll, we'll we'll go and cap that right there mm-hmm. just for time's sake. But but that's uh, the sermon from Sunday, the yeah. gift of courage. Um, how can we have courage uh, in this world that's starting to press in uh, on us in terms of uh, doctrinally, sin, temptation, all that stuff? Uh, the four uh, points that Lee gave us is from 1 Corinthians 13, 16, mm-hmm. um, where it's uh, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be strong, and do everything in love. All right, that's the sermon from Sunday. Next Sunday, I get to preach. That's right. And so we get to... Uh, we'll get to talk about it. We, we get to fun. talk about what I preached, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but before we get into that, before we tune out today, we got the doctrine, the bad doctrine of the week. Jacob, what is it? <laughs> bad doctrine of the week. All right. So here's the headline. Man demands refund after seeing Buddha imagery at Chinese restaurant because he's Christian. Man d- demands a refund after... Okay. So, apparently... Uh-huh. So, here's what happens. The man goes in, 
uh, he and his son, they go and order some Asian food. Uh, and then between the time that he's ordered the food and the time that he gets the food, he, I guess, turns around and sees a Buddha statue there mm-hmm. and decides that, you know, he he can't eat there uh, or can't accept food from there because they have uh, uh, idolatrous images. Oh, okay. And, and so uh, he goes huh. back to the counter and demands a refund because he's uh, a Christian and he can't be associated with uh, any place that has a, a Buddha statue. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um. And he sort of uh, he sort of made a little bit of a scene. Uh, there were there's a video, a cell phone video that somebody took, and um, after a little while, uh, I think people uh, people are kind of starting to push back, and they're getting tired of him mm-hmm. uh, sort of causing a scene there. All right, now he's losing me. I was a, I was a little bit on board with him. Um, well, well, I'm sure we'll talk uh, in the in the more in depth. But once he starts causing a scene now, now he's starting to lose me a little bit. Right. So here's a, here's a quote from the article. Uh, I'm Christian, he claims, saying that he was offended by the Buddha statue. Okay, so oh, it's, it's getting worse. <laughs> so did he eat the food? Uh, we don't know. Uh, the okay, video ends uh, before Sounds like a free a meal at that point <laughs> what he was looking for. Now I wonder, so did he end up getting a refund? Oh, we don't know. Uh, uh, the video stops before uh, before we, we see the end of the story. You, you've been to this Chinese place over here, right? Across the street? Yeah. yeah. Do they have Buddhas in there? I, was, I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> I was hungry. I was looking for the food. If they do. Uh, it sounds like a good way to get some, some free food. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. No. We don't know. Okay, so, uh, yeah. so he... Okay. So he he had me for a second. Um, so so this reminds me a lot of First Corinthians seven, right? Is that the is it seven or six? Um, or eight, maybe ten? Eight. eight yeah. It's like eight through eleven. Is yeah. The... So so in First Corinthians eight, um, the the issue of can we eat meat sacrificed to idols mm-hmm. comes up, and uh, Paul actually doesn't take a super hard stance on this. Um, at the end of the day, he says, "Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, like, uh, like those things sacrificed to idols. Like, those aren't gods. Um, so, like, like that. That's fine." And he kind of like starts to refer to like people who are weak in their faith versus right. those who are strong in their yeah, faith. Yeah, the, the sort of role of conscience. Yeah, uh, and he, there. Gets, he yeah. gets into conscience, and he's saying like anything that does not come from faith is sin. So if your conscience is working against you in that, and your conscience is saying, "I can't do this." Then don't do it. Right. Um, we had someone, uh, a friend of Randy's, um, messaged her about acupuncture, uh, and she was um, uh, apparently the the place that she goes to. There's like a lot of, like spiritual stuff going on, and and she was like feeling uneasy about whether or not it was okay for her to get acupuncture at this place. And um, Randy asked me what I thought. And I said, well, first off. If it's like going against our conscience, like regardless of what the issue is, don't do it, mm-hmm. um, because that is for sure. The Bible is very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you don't, you don't go. Like, if your conscience um, is is leading you to not feel okay about this, then don't do it. Right. Um, whether or not that's actually okay or not, um, it's not worth it. It's, it's just not. Um, and so, so that's where I thought it was going. Um, where the guy goes in. 
and he sees all the Buddha stuff, and in his conscience, he can, in good conscience, eat at this place. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, he stops eating altogether, and he says, "Hey, can I have a refund? Uh, I can't be here." Doesn't sound like that's what he was doing, yeah. though. Um, and let's let's even uh, let's assume and grant that his motives were were pure, mm -hmm. right? And that he really his conscience said, uh, "No, uh, you don't need to be eating food here. There's a, a Buddha statue here, or Buddha imagery, whatever it is." Um, so he he insists on a refund. I mean, if if it's a sin issue, right? Like if you go against conscience, that's sin is mm -hmm. what scripture says. If if we're and so if it's a sin issue like that, just leave. Just leave. Yeah. It's not worth uh, not, however many dollars yeah. to get filmed and thrown up on the internet. Yeah, especially if you use the word offended. Right. Um <laughs> offended more makes it sound like like you're not catering to me. Right. Um, and there's a proverb, I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but it's it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, if it's one of those things that I'm just offended that, that there's uh, pagan imagery in here, then yeah, I'm just going to leave. Uh, being offended is different than a matter of conscience, right. for sure. Right. But at the very least, either way, you don't make a scene. Right. Uh, that, that goes against, you know, the do everything in love, mm -hmm. right? Uh and so, so yeah, he had me for a second, um, but then he lost it. You're, you're like, I'm not seeing the bad doctrine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, where, where's the bad doctrine? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, uh, it, I guess it does bring up a good question: uh, Is it uh, when is it permissible or not permissible, right, to eat at a place like a Chinese place that does have Buddha imagery? Mm -hmm. um, so to sort of uh, you know flip this a little bit, I had a friend that I worked with at the, at the school uh, when I was a teacher. And uh, they go to a church over in uh, Allen or McKinney area, somewhere over there. And uh, they're having more and more Hindus uh, move into their, their community. And so their church uh, reached out to the local, uh, I guess, Hindu temple. Is that what they call them? Hindu place of worship. Mm -hmm. uh, and the goal was to take a group to go and learn more about uh, the Hindu religion, Hindu culture, uh, and, and the goal is to take that knowledge and be able to evangelize and share the gospel with them in a meaningful way that really meets them where they're coming from as far as culture goes. Mm -hmm. So they go and they, uh, they're touring this uh, religious center that they have, and uh, they have all of these uh, sort of shrines uh, and idols set up, and there's a, they actually had food there that had been offered and sacrificed to those idols. Mm -hmm. And... And so they, uh, the, the lady that was taking them around said, oh, yeah, like, it's all good. You can go, and if you like to eat some of the food there, go for it. You know, like, feel, feel free to do that. And they're all like, yeah, we've read this one. Uh, we're not <laughs> uh, being where we are, right, in a place of worship, and that's how uh, – that's part of the way that, that Hindus will engage in, mm -hmm. in uh, worship and practices. It's like, hey, well, yeah, we'll eat some of this food. And so they, they refrained from that, right? And mm -hmm. I think that was probably a good move because they we, were literally in the place yeah, of worship. Right? which is a little bit different. So, like, it, right. it looks almost like the issue that they had in uh, First Corinthians, yep. uh, but it is a little bit different that they were in the place of worship, right. and that's how they partake in worship. Right. Um, where that's not what was being described in, you know, First Corinthians 8 or whatever. Right, or even um, here. Or even here. Um yeah. So, so, the, so your question was, where does where's the line? Yeah, where's the line? You know, uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, I would say it would depend on conscience. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's usually my first go to is um, 
regardless of where the gray area is and where the line is in the gray area, if your conscience doesn't feel okay about it, then just don't do it. Um, like there's plenty of Chinese places to go eat. Right. Go p- pick another one. Go Panda Express. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so that's the first point. The second point um, would probably be like if you're going to draw the line at um, pagan imagery, um, you, just be consistent. That, that's kind of like usually my thing. If you're going to draw a line somewhere, just be consistent in that line. Um, you know, it's funny, like the same people who are against, you know, watching Harry Potter because it's got magic are the same people that's okay with watching, you know, gory movies where people are dying. And it's like, it's like, okay, well, why is like this okay to watch and feed our souls, but this isn't. Um, and so it's like, it's just being consistent. If you're going to draw the line, hold that line consistently. And so, uh, yeah. So like, like for example, um, uh, I like to go to coffee shops and coffee shops are very for, it's weird because coffee shops, a lot of Christians go to coffee shops, but a lot of coffee shops are owned and run by very like liberal progressive Mm -hmm. non-Christians. Um, and so the two, two like big coffee shops in the Fort Worth area, both are very like pro transgenderism, LGBTQ stuff, like has like the flag and everything, um, which one could argue is kind of pagan imagery. Mm-hmm. So do I no longer proprietate those coffee shops just because the people in there hold to those views? Right. Um, I don't know. You got thoughts, Michael? Uh, I I think we're getting an opportunity to witness the people in those moments. And so, like, the guy, the second he started having the issue and making a scene, he threw his witness right out the window where Mm -hmm. he had an opportunity to do it in a loving manner. And so when we go to places like this, we're sowing seeds to these people that may never get Christ anywhere else. And so I... I'm with you. If your conscience is telling you not to go, don't go. But at the same time, when you get in there and you see something that goes against something you believe, you've got an opportunity to witness and, and, and show love in that situation in places that probably don't get to. Right, because like, let, let's say um, if I go get uh, a coffee from one of those shops, or let's say I, I eat Chinese at this place that has just pagan imagery. Like it's, it's not a temple. Right. Um, no worship is taking place. It's just literally like a picture on the wall or, or a statue or whatever. Um, so me uh, uh, buying stuff from that place isn't me participating in the worship of those things. Right. And it allows me to be a Christian presence in those places. Uh, is, that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Um, now, obviously, if it starts to shift over into they are overtly worshiping and you are being a participant in that worship. Now it becomes a little That's bit more, a yeah, right. a little, little bit more uh, black and white at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have thoughts? Um, no, I think uh, you know. I think these are all good ideas um, mm-hmm. about how to how to handle those things. And uh, I don't know uh, personally when I go into a, an Asian restaurant. And I'm not real big on Asian food, so I don't go very often. <laughs> I love Asian. Food. <laughs> uh, I like fried rice fine, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, uh, you know if they Orange do chicken. Right. Unless, unless the, you know, uh, pagan sort of imagery is overwhelming, like it's everywhere, Mm -hmm. it's real easy just to 
see past it. Yeah. And not even really notice. Like, yeah, you can, you make a mental note, but it's like, you know, I'm here to eat some some chicken fried rice or some shrimp fried yeah. rice and an egg roll. I'm not here to <laughs> uh, worry about what they've got as uh, over in the corner. And, I mean, and being honest, too, I mean, a lot of these places, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, I mean, they're not really – Buddhist yeah, or it's just, whatever. It's and just it's the just, core. Right. It's the yeah. feng shui. Or, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and so, uh, now on the other hand, I have been in places before where, uh, you know, this, this imagery, this secular imagery and things is so prominent that it does make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, why are we here? <laughs> let's, uh, right. let's just go. Well, and, and at that point, it may not even be a consciousness issue. Mm-hmm. It may not be a sin issue. It may just be a, I just don't prefer this. Right. Um, and then it's like, okay, like you just, you just don't go there. Right. You just don't provide their business. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things of like, um, we do have private businesses and private businesses can do what they want to do, mm-hmm. you know, obviously within the law. That's right. And so it's like, you know, people complain about Walmart checking receipts and whatnot. It's like, I'm not, I don't have to show Walmart my receipt and, you know, whatever. Um, it's like, well, Walmart can do whatever they want to do. Yep. And if I don't like that, I just won't go to Walmart. Right. Go to Brookshire's. I don't have, <laughs> instead I, or yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to go to Walmart and then make a scene right. about how they're checking the receipts. If they, like, I'll just vote with my feet yep. and just That's not it. go anymore. That's it. And uh, we, we do this um, with torchies. Um, I, yeah, it's probably not surprised y'all. We love torchies. Yes. And we go what? torchies all the time. <laughs> um, Had no idea. Definitely the Man. first time I ever went to Torchies wasn't with you guys yeah. or anything. But. Uh, by the way, if you want some good tacos, go to Torchies. However, the the Torchies mascot, like the, the logo, oh, is no. a little baby <laughs> devil. Uh, and uh, there's a few different locations of Torchies. And the one like in like downtown Fort Worth has like in, in the restaurant this giant um, like neon baby devil thing. Uh, but the one in Hewland doesn't. Like there's hardly any. Um imagery like that and so uh randy doesn't like going to the one in downtown because she doesn't like the the thing and so we just don't provide that one we, we go to the other one um and so it's just you know it's, it's a matter of like i don't like this i'm not gonna go in there and just cause a huge scene about it i just won't go yeah. um yeah and uh yeah which and is so, fine which is fine There's nothing wrong with that it, it's fine you know yeah. again um uh like i mentioned last week uh stupidity isn't illegal and so sometimes you just got to let people be stupid. And, uh, and you can decide uh, on your own personal decisions of uh, am I going to um, uh, be around this or, or not. Right. And, uh, yeah, as long as it's not a clear sin issue um, and not a conscience issue. Yeah. Just yeah, don't go, make a scene. Don't make a scene. Go be a, go be a good witness yeah. for Christ. Um, in the midst of all the liberalism in the coffee shops, be the person with your Bible. That's right. Uh, out. Yeah. So. Amen. Fun. All right, Michael. You like it? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Let us know in the comments if you want Michael to do this every time. Uh, <laughs> no, we're glad that y'all joined us uh, today. I forgot to mention earlier, if you've made it this far, um, you've probably already subscribed. Um, but uh, uh, go ahead and subscribe, uh, like the video, all those things, all that works the algorithm to, and tells YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're at uh, that you like seeing this content and you'll see more of it. 
and so um, comment down below if you got any thoughts on this. Um, would you eat in a place that had pagan imagery? Um, or would you say, no, nah, I'd rather not? Um, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, would you go to... <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with the Lord's chicken. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, I will eat there only on Sunday. Uh, not, not Chick-fil-A, but the, the but, pagan place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you got your own bad doctrine of the week that you want to talk about, just comment. Let us know about it. But until then, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Digging Deeper. <laughs>